0: Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Well,
1: football may have an off week, but we don't. Larry Smith, Mike Hegley, Brad Sturdy, Patrick Quinn working the board for us. Coming to you from our state of the arts Illini Guys studios. Orange paint everywhere. Now, I feel like we come on here every week and, uh, and guys describe the show as, as jam packed. I mean, I, I, you know, I need to be more creative, I guess. I got to come up with another adjective, uh, but, but it's true. It's a star studded lineup. We've got a volleyball coach, Chris Thomas, uh, Derek Burson from the Illinois sports information office makes his sports spectacular debut. And of course, Matt Stevens, Kedrick Prince, the line, gal, Adalia McKenzie. And do you know who is standing by in our orange room right there. Now there have been some heavy hitters who we've made weight in that in that room. So she joins some pretty exclusive company this week. Is none other than women's basketball coach Shauna Green. She will be here in front of the mic in about ten minutes. Uh, as we mentioned, the only football has the week off after the win over Virginia and before hosting Chattanooga next Thursday. Fellas, your thoughts on this uh, two and one start?
2: They should be three and zero. <laughs> that's my thought no I, I obviously two and one's better than one and two and you know they've they've looked really good at times i mean it, the defensively especially in two games um they've been dominant against virginia and wyoming they dominated the game defensively and you know people often say you know they wanted brett bielema to score more or do this but if Illinois gets a three touchdown lead this is what you're going to see from brett bielema we're going to run the ball we're going to milk the clock, and we're going to win the game and, and and handily win that game, and that's exactly what he did. Now, you wish they would have won the game at Indiana that they controlled for most of the night, and they'd be 3-0, and who knows? They might even be getting uh, ranking points right now or ranking uh, uh, you know, votes. Yeah.
3: You know, and, and Brett Bielma has his Football 101 that talks about how to play a football game, what risks to take, what uh, mistakes you don't want to make. And I keep thinking that when he gets that, which he typically is great at coaching, when he gets this team to cut down on the penalties and hold on to the ball and cut down on turnovers, this is going to be a very hard-to-beat um, Illini team, at least for the teams in the Big Ten West. I'm not going to comment so much on Michigan and Ohio State, but um, it, the, iron out those mistakes. and. Um, who knows how high the limit will be for this team.
1: Well, and think about this is a team that shellacked you 42, 14 a year ago. And think about this, the four turnovers in the, which I don't recall ever seeing a team could be turned them over four times and a half uh, on the power five level. That was bad. Um, but you know, on at least two of those uh, were going to be scores. Um, you know, the, the Brian would, have, you know, he was on the one inch line um, would have been a touchdown. And then, uh, you know, the, the chase Brown fumble, they were moving. So, you got to figure it's at least 10 points. This is easily could have been a 34, three game, but Brad, you're right. This defense is so dominant. We haven't talked about chase Brown, still the nation's leading rusher here in the bye week Um, you know, right now he's the leading rusher and yet nobody's talking about it because we're all talking about the defense and how impressive they were.
2: Yeah. I've actually seen some, uh, some people outside Illinois list him as one of their five or six or 10 guys for the Heisman even like literally, if this team can go like somehow pull a couple upsets, win some games, go like eight and four, and he runs for over 2,000 yards, which is he's on pace to do, run close to 2,000 yards now, uh,
3: why not? Hey, Chase Brown for Heisman, let's do it. And the amazing thing is, is when you look at his game, he looks even better suited for the NFL than he does college. Um, we might be seeing Chase Brown for uh quite a few years on sunday afternoon after he's done here at illinois
1: well yeah young running backs are the thing i mean right now you know a few people uh, outside of maybe ezekiel elliott in dallas uh, are getting few running backs getting those massive long-term deals it just doesn't happen i mean right now your shelf life is an nfl running back is five six years and, and that's it so he's a guy that could you know very easily make a roster uh next year or the year after and and uh and you know make some money for his play there's no question so illinois has uh, this week off we will uh check in with matt stevens we'll hear from brett bielema and his presser earlier this week uh in just a few moments here uh meanwhile the story of the week really i think in college football and even in the big 10 uh scott frost out as nebraska football coach you know we were talking here a week ago and asking maybe a win over then number seven oklahoma might save frost's job and he didn't even make it that far. I mean, what a debacle uh, last Saturday and, and really almost kind of a fitting end to their Frost tenure in Nebraska.
2: You know, you know they want to get rid of you badly when they pay you an extra seven and a half million dollars to get <laughs> rid of you three weeks for three weeks of season. Yeah. Like three weeks from now, they could have gotten rid of him and saved seven and a half million dollars like nope, we're paying the extra seven and a half million. you're out now. Scott Frost, he danced away from that saying, all right, thank you for $15 million. Now what a deal for me. So man, it's crazy to think the amount of money they throw around it, but uh, let's be honest. He just hadn't gotten it done. I, when, 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 he was hired, he was like the home run hire, but yep. he just didn't get it done. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It just wasn't successful, even though it should have been, it was a match made in heaven.
3: Yeah. I, I don't, I've been wrong on a lot of, prognostications, and very few have I been wrong-er than <laughs> what I thought with uh, Scott wronger I th- er. <laughs> I, I wronger, wronger est. Er than... Wronger-est. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, uh, I thought it was the perfect match and turned out to be a disaster. But ironically, he loses his job losing to a team coached by Clay Helton, yeah. who got bounced by USC after, I believe, the second game of last season. So I, you know, when you look at karma and what comes around, goes around, I guess Mr. Helton can feel like, uh, hey, I proved that uh, maybe, maybe I'm better than people think as well.
1: (laughs) It was just uh, (laughs) unbelievable. Five and 22 in one score games under Scott Frost, who never had a winning season in four plus years there. So now Mickey Joseph takes over, Um, he's the interim coach, came in during the off season and well, you think about it now. You know he's got the rest of the season here. What you know, nine games to to you know make his mark, and maybe he gets the, the full-time uh, coaching position out there. We will see. But a big game for them as they host number six Oklahoma, and what a task! You just gave up more than six hundred yards um, to a lower-level FBS program like Georgia Southern. Very proud history, Georgia Southern. Take nothing away from the Eagles, Uh, but you're in Nebraska, and you're at home, and you're supposed to win that game easily. And yet uh, again, another. Uh, close loss and um and to your point they really wanted you out bad how badly like you said they paid seven and a half million for basically three weeks i mean that's a lot of golf in scott frost future maybe not much coaching we'll we'll see what happens
2: right. i wish you guys hated me that much yeah, exactly. you're just
3: too lovable
2: brad <laughs> maybe that's it that's right. like a teddy bear
1: that's right here's Here's a dollar. Now leave. No, just kidding. Uh, more on Frost and more on Illini football coming up. But next, it's Illini's Shauna Green who joins us here on the Sports Spectacular.
4: Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
1: Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint? outdated kitchen bathroom or basement look no further than hx home solutions your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out trusted by chicagoland since 1950 find out why hx gets an a plus rating by the better business bureau call today 224-880-6000 that's hx home solutions 224 880-6000 mention code ncaa and schedule your free estimate once again 224-880-6000 HX home solutions. A lot of guys, Sports Spectacular. Don't forget, it's BigSportsRadio.com. If you haven't logged in and signed up yet, do that. Register for free. Uh, You can keep up with Big Ten Sports. And here's the really cool thing. Starting next Tuesday, the free weekly giveaway contest begins. Yeah, cash in your hand, just like that. Uh, So what a win. Win Win-win. Keep up with Big Ten Sports and get cash as well the details at bigsportsradio.com uh this segment presented by the good people at busey bank we have had her on the show had some interviews with her on the show but not actually on the show herself so we're thrilled to welcome in the new illini women's basketball coach shauna green coach green welcome to the sports spectacular thank you
5: so much for having me super excited to be on
1: uh, th- we're g- glad to have you. You know, it is funny. As you know, uh, Adalia McKenzie is she's the Illini gal. She comes on mm-hmm. every week, and so we have had kind of a you know sneak peek inside window to some of the things that you're doing. She doesn't give away any secrets, nothing like that. <laughs> but um, you know, it's been it's been great to listen to her enthusiasm, um, even going back to last spring when you first began working with the team. Um, kind of talk with, I guess, since we haven't talked to you ourselves, kind of the transition and what that's like to walk into um, a program coming in that um, we've had a lot of outstanding uh, coaches come in and, and talented players, but they just haven't found that level of success. What was it like to come in this spring and, and begin this process?
5: Yeah, I mean, how I how I look at it is like, you know, we do what we do. And, and I haven't really tried to overthink, you know, why hasn't other people had success here. Like if you go down that, you know, rabbit hole, then it, I just don't think that that's a positive way to do it. So since the moment we've stepped on campus, you know, we've just believed in, in how we do things and, and the blueprint for that. And, and, you know, the culture that we're trying to, to create, I think really success really, at its core and the foundation is what kind of culture do you have in your in your program in your family which we call it um and i think those are the things we've been trying to you know establish and instill in our players you know from last spring to, you know, only having five players uh, that from last year's team and those spring workouts into the summer when we brought our whole team together. So it's obviously a a process and a a long process and just every single day really, really matters in in trying to um, try to cultivate what we want here.
1: You know, we have seen that with men's basketball with Brad Underwood and kind of the same thing, a culture change coming in the last five or six years before he arrived were some lean years, uh, Brett Bielema right now doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he now talks about it almost on a weekly basis, even. And, and said after last week's when, Hey, I like what I see right now in the locker room. And, and again, you've got to stop losing games yes. before you can win games. And it, it sounds like the same thing. Um, tell us about this summer and, and how things went. It just sounded like, again, just watching the, the videos that the SID officer put out and, and again, talking to Adalia each week and, and, mm-hmm. and her experiences, um, about how that that came together like you said only five players coming back from last year's team so there is a lot of team building involved as well as as yeah. uh, installing this new culture
5: yeah I mean and I think that the culture and the the team building and the chemistry and the relationships they go hand in hand right so I'm a firm believer that if you know you you're tight off the floor and and you all get along off the floor I'm not saying you have to be best friends but there's a there's a respect and there's a a level of relationship. So, you know, where each, you know, each person's coming from good or bad, you, you know, them. Um, I, I truly believe that that's a, you know, a correlation between those two equals success. And so we really, you know, and as a coach, I, I wish I had a lot more hours in the day that we are allowed by NCAA rules um, in order to be with the team. Um, but we had four hours a week in terms of basketball on court and then just really trying to, again, instill in our players that they need to take ownership of doing stuff outside of the floor, you know, in, in, in practice time, and that they have to know that it matters and that it helps. Um, And I think that those are things that I give our kids a lot of credit for, because they did that, you know, I'm not going to sit there and You know, require a team get together every single night, but I would talk about it and encourage them, and and you know, and they took that and ran with it, and I think we came, you know, really, really far in in just a short time in terms of our relationships and our togetherness from the beginning of the summer uh, to the end. When you have literally uh, pretty much a, I mean, a brand new team and and no one knows anyone, Um, no one, no one knows anything, and and you know, I'm really proud of our players because they, again, they took ownership in that they listened and they went out and, and, you know, we're very intentional in the relationship building this summer, which uh, is is key.
1: You had great success in Dayton in your last stop. And you've spoken in so many interviews about the process and, and uh, Josh Whitman's courtship to get you to come on to uh, the Illinois campus and leave what was a great situation um, with the flyers. You are now, um, it's hard to believe already that we are under 30 days away uh, from uh, the start of, of preseason practice. Um, do you feel the team is where you would like it to be at the stage? I know it's, a, you know, it's first few months and it's, it's beginning into the first season. So that's a, that's a hard thing to gauge, but do you
5: like where you are right now? Probably if you asked every coach in America right now, they probably don't like where they are. So. <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah, us, I, admit. I, I <laughs> Us coaches, you know, we, we, we're never, you never think you're, you're any good. And I mean, at, at any time, you know, we're always looking at how oh, we need to be better at this, better that, but no, I, you know, we've taken it really, really slow. Like, and, and, you know, this is coming this year to last year for me, like last year we had, you know, three, two, six year seniors, we had, you know, multiple fifth years. I mean, so I'm going from a, a complete veteran team to a complete new team. So sometimes I have to even rem- remind myself, okay, like, slow down, foundation, fundamentals, build it from the ground up. Uh, These guys don't assume that they know because they probably don't know and just really be uh, intentional myself. So um, do I like where we're at? I mean, you know, I think we we're getting better every day and that's all I care about. Like we're, do we have enough in right now? Do we have, you know, we have so much more to put in, so much more. I mean, our playbook right now is for my standards is very, very, very small, um, but I don't want to, for me, I'm more about quality right now than quantity. And, and that's how I always am. So it, we may not have our complete, you know, offensive playbook in this year and that's fine. I just want to be really, really good at what we do and, and be able to hang our hat on on certain Um, Core values. So, you know, again, I'm proud of our team with how they are coming in. They're coachable. They're working hard. And we're just, we're getting better. Just, and I always tell them 1% better every single day. And if we can keep stacking days like that, then I think the outcome, you know, the outcome is what you want it to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I keep referring to Adalia because, again, she's, you know, and even, and yeah. text messages. I mean, she's she's. We joke that she's like you know another daughter to us um, <laughs> because they all have kids her age, and uh-huh. uh, so we're excited almost from a parental aspect, uh-huh. of, not just professionally on on air, but yep. uh, but we do care about uh, and her the other players that we've interacted with, and um, they're such great quality young people, and I think that makes that makes me excited. I'm, I'm sure because uh, they are your charges it's even more so. Uh, you grew up in, in big 10 countries. So did you ever think that at, at one point you would um, might be coaching in the big 10? And was that ever something you dreamed about as a teenager?
5: No, I mean, I never, I never thought that I, I, I didn't even dream as a kid, you know, to, to coach. I mean, I just never, and not until the, really the end of my college career is when I thought about coaching. So um, obviously grew up big 10 love watching it have watched it my entire life um, but yeah if you would have told me when you know as a small kid in, in Clinton Iowa that I would be coaching a head coach in the big 10 and at Illinois I would have probably told you you're you crazy so um, <laughs> but I think that's what happened you know I've, I've always just been the type of person that it's you just take care of the day and 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 you know, make, I always say, you know, make the big time where you are and whether that was at Lawrence college, you know, as a, you know, assistant coach doing, doing a million different things or, you know, wherever I was along my stops. And, and then I believe if you do things the right way and, and work really, really hard, you know, so some success will follow and, and some opportunities will arise. So just been very, very, very blessed.
1: Talking with Shauna Green, the head coach of the women's basketball team at Illinois here in the uh, newsmaker line presented by Busey Bank and Coach Green. I, I wonder that um, we again we've talked about culture already here, and so many times we talk with people at Illinois, it is about culture and about uh, the same things. Um, who's been? I, I mean, I'm, I know you don't. Want, I don't want to kind of put you on the spot again, but I guess who do you reach out to in terms of um, that support system and uh, with other coaches, administrators, that kind of thing here here at Illinois?
5: Here at on campus, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing that I initially what drew me here was the people, and I've said that you know a million different different times, um, and and just fortunate to work with unbelievable you know colleagues and, and different coaches. Uh, obviously, you know working alongside, and we'll be closer once we get into Ubin with men's basketball, and and they've just been great. You know, uh, Brad's been unbelievable. They've been you know we've worked together on certain things, and then you know letting us. It just coordinating different things and they've been awesome and, and Brett's been amazing and and you know has talked to some recruits and had let us use their facilities I mean you just don't see that at a lot of places you know you don't see where you know your football coach is is coming in and speaking to a women's basketball you know recruit or letting us use their. Um, area for, for official visits and, and photo shoots. I mean, they just been, they want us to, to be successful. And I think that that's the, the special thing about Illinois. And, and that's very unique is that we really are a family and people want each other to have success.
1: That's awesome. And I think it's great to hear as well, that it's something unique here that maybe people would think has happens everywhere but as you said that that doesn't happen you brought up uh, my next question and that is uh, the oven facility um under just some fantastic renovations Hard to believe that place is like you know 20 years old now um what's the time frame of you guys getting back in and, and where is that right now
5: yeah we uh we've actually practiced there a few times um the only one side of the only one of the courts um is ready the the men's side is ready right now and and the women's side has had a little delayed but again men's basketball has been unbelievable they're letting you know we're sharing that one side and letting us use this while state farms not online you know with different events so um just collaborating with them and then hopefully you know we'll we'll get in there i think we're supposed to move in they say the 19th or 20th into our offices Again, you know how construction is, so will it actually be that time? Who knows, but um, we've been over there a lot lately, and it just, it's absolutely amazing. I can't wait until, you know, everyone can see the finished product and, and you know, to get everything together because it is an absolute game changer.
1: It, you, the schedule came out last week, the Big Ten announcing uh, their conference part of your schedule. We've known the non-con, of course, for a while here. Um, you know, fans, I think that that we were excited. I was excited to go through and start to pick out games in the schedule that that I can attend, since I don't live in Champaign. <laughs> um, what was it for you to kind of see that? Is it did it mean anything to kind of see that finally come to fruition that here's the entire slate of games and here's what's ahead or or, or was it a big deal for you?
5: You know, it was, it's like anything I looked at it. uh, I I liked some things. I didn't like some things and, and, you know, I liked some orders of some of it and who we play, you know, certain times. I thought that, you know, aligned well, but at the end of the day, like I really am, I I, I'm just focused on, on right now and, and how can we get better today? We'll worry about, you know, our first game when our first game comes and, and just, just process driven, really process driven day to day. Uh, How can we, how can we get better in every single area uh, that we need to? Um,
1: I know you um, didn't just move just yourself, but your husband and your son, uh, are they enjoying champion Urbana so far? Is it, how's the transition been?
5: Yeah, you know, it's actually gone uh, really smooth. You know, you never know. I hadn't moved in, you know, in six years. and, And obviously my son is now, in, in second grade, so he's kind of at the old enough to know he's leaving friends and know he, you know, know he's going to a new spot and having to start a new school, but still young enough where hopefully it's, you know, a, a, able to make friends relatively quickly. So, um, but it has it, it's gone it's gone smoothly. Um, everyone in in the community has just been amazing. Everyone's been so welcoming everywhere we go. It's one thing I guess I knew Champagne was small, but I guess I didn't realize it was this small because everywhere we go someone's going to come up and, Hey coach. And, and, which is awesome. I love it. And I think it shows, uh, that tight family feel that I like in a, in a community. Um, but no, it's been great. And, and like I said, my family, uh, everyone's doing well and, and really adjusting and kind of trying to just embrace, you know, the community and then the university and, and get out to a lot of different sporting events and, and support everyone else
1: great to see you at our, our tailgate a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you know, you guys were the rock stars. I mean, I think that was probably, you know, uh, never don't think for a minute that people don't like that you're here because or love that you're here because it was great to um, see some of our, um, the guests at our tent and some of the guyscom members come up and talk with you. Um, I want to ask you one final question and kind of put you on the spot again um, because I think we all look at, you know, success in different ways. When you get to, mid-April next year and look back at the season, what do you think would define success for you and for this program in year one?
5: Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, our ability to compete like and play basketball, the way I want our program to play, like there's certain things, uh, even like what you kind of had mentioned earlier, Larry, about, you know, like coach B uh, saying, you know, you can't beat yourselves, you know, like there's certain things that like, if we're going to get beat, I want us to to get beat. Not, not, you know, uh, us having too many turnovers or us, you know, like they're not self-inflicted wounds. So, you know, just playing, playing the style that we want to play for our kids to compete and for our kids to believe that we can win basketball games. Like they got to, you know, every time I step onto the floor, I think we're winning because that's just my mindset, you know, and, and we need our kids to, to have that same mindset. And then, Again, how do we progress? Are we getting better? Are we competing? And then the, the, the wins and losses, you know, that's going to take care of itself. So, um, you know, what that looks like, I don't know, I'm not going to sit here and say hey, it's this amount of wins or, or, or that. It's about just daily improvement um, and the ability to compete on an elite level.
1: Well, we are excited to um, get you guys out there on the court, and and we encourage all the fans to get out there to State Farm Center and support this team, uh, this coach, and and your players, uh, Coach Green, uh, the women's alumni basketball team. We wish you much success and this coming season, and and again, hopefully you'll come back and talk to us here soon once uh, the season begins and give us an update.
5: No, definitely, and and really appreciate it, Larry. All you guys have been amazing, and and we appreciate your support and. And like you said, just to echo, anytime I get a chance, if we can get you guys to come out, buy season tickets, come in and get to State Farm Center, we're going to need it. We got to do it together. So thank you for everything and, and definitely look forward to be back on.
1: Awesome. Shauna Green here on the Newsmaker Line presented by UC Bank. And again, the uh, preseason, it's less than a month away. And that means the season less than two months away. So be sure to go to FindingAllani.com, check out that schedule and uh, buy those tickets, get out and support the team. Much more coming up here on the Sports Spectacular here along the Illini Guys, Radio Network.
6: At Bucy Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Bucy Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
0: You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio.
1: Well, the NFL season has kicked off and already lots of drama. Mike Kegley, did did Jerry Jones sell his soul to win those Super Bowls 30 years ago? Dak Prescott injured in Week 1, and already it would seem that their prospects for January and beyond... Uh are are, are dead.
3: Yeah, I was 29 when they won their last Super Bowl or 28. Now I'm 55. Absolutely depressing. It's all about Jerry Jones. He can't admit a mistake. He could have signed Dak at 30 million a year. Instead, he goes one-year deals that forces him to gut the team a little bit, waits till Dak's injured, then signs him for 40 million. So you got an 8 to $10 million expense you added every year. He signs Zeke for $15, $16 million a year when most teams running backs cost $5 million. So you've got two players who are not in the top five, probably maybe not even in the top 10 at their position that are costing a team in a hard cap world an extra $20 million a year. Jerry, I hate to say it, but Jerry Jones has become the Al Davis of this generation and the Cowboys are just circling the drain until he passes away. Then we'll see what happens.
2: (laughs) Man, I don't know that might be a slight to Al Davis. Um, but yeah, uh, they, uh, I I think their prospects were pretty dim before the season started. I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't think they have the the talent level. I'm not, I don't think Dak Prescott is the guy. Um, So, I mean, I'm not, you know, and and I don't think you can build around running backs anymore in the league. So with Ezekiel, although I think he's a good player. Um, So, yeah, I've never thought the Cowboys were there. I didn't think they were built to win this year. And, um, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll find their, they're, uh, I don't know, Lou Gehrig here. And, you know, and we'll remember Dak Prescott as Wally Pipp. You never know.
3: They haven't been built to win since Jimmy Johnson and his ability to draft players has left the team.
1: Well, and even that helped with the Minnesota Vikings here take our entire draft picks <laughs> to Walker. That's you
3: know, called strategery, not- Larry. Well, okay, yeah, but you know, excellent strategery.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, but
3: But Jimmy, but Jimmy didn't. He had about a three-year period. He didn't miss in the draft. That's about.
1: But again, he had look at the draft picks he had, and 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 to your point, he did a great job of picking guys, getting the picking the right guys with those draft picks. Um, but if you don't have the Vikings and their tomfoolery, that's what they call it in Minnesota. Uh, what you call strategery. It's a totally different situation. <laughs> but Jerry literally. Jones has made a ton of money. He re, he reinvented the game in terms of the way he would take on uh, the NFL and the deals that he struck and building the stadium. It it it, it you know it just completely changed and rejuvenated um, the way that the business is done in the NFL and really in all of pro sports. And that's his legacy. Yep. But yeah, on the field, uh, you know, I mean, it, <sighs> we've talked before. Every August, it's oldest of the year because they got X, and then. In Thanksgiving, you're five and seven. And well, if we went out, we could maybe squeak in. The, I mean, every year, and, and we've talked before, every other team that had a long term deal with a quarterback, they did it. They did an extension so that you could manipulate the cap to your favorite, yep. and not have to gut the roster. And now here you are. So you can't even afford Andy Dalton, you know, as your backup. So sorry, Cowboys fans. But yeah, I, I want to tee that up for you because I knew you want to get that off your chest. You feel better?
3: No, I don't feel any better, Larry, and thank you for bringing it up. Um, I'll have an appointment for counseling later in the week.
1: (laughs) By the way, uh, health insurance, our health insurance doesn't cover that, so good luck. That's out of pocket. (laughs)
3: Uh, All right.
1: (laughs) While Mike uh, (laughs) drowns in his beer, best storyline in Major League Baseball. Aaron Judge going for the Triple Crown, Albert Pujols chasing 700 in his final weeks in his career, or the angels of Tani day in day out, uh, just the best two way player we've seen since baseball. What say you?
2: Man, it's good. I there's a lot of good storylines too. How about uh, let's add to that. How about Wainwright and Molina, best, uh, the most catching, pitching, catching combos uh, in a in a seat and uh, career, uh, or maybe Paul Goldschmidt going for the triple crown in the NL. Yeah. It's lots of fun stuff, I and mean, baseball's like. Exciting. If they'd market themselves, who knows? Somebody might be interested, yeah. but I really think Pujols is the story. Um, what he's done this year coming back is so much fun. And, and, and he's just, he's right down to the wire. I really hope he gets to 700. I, I think it just would make uh, to do it in St. Louis would cap off just an, an amazing career.
3: Yeah. And, and I tell you what, the other thing that is kind of amazing this year is how long it has been since somebody has won the home run race with the big gap that uh, judge has right now, you have to go back to Babe Ruth in the twenties. When, when you are 30 home runs ahead or 20, sorry, 20 home runs ahead of everybody else. I mean, it's incredible the domination that he's doing. And then I don't know if there's a more magical story than Pujols um, making that run for 700 uh, I, either one, uh, will capture American hearts. And I think, um, baseball is fortunate to have two of these at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's uh well, I think all of these, and even, uh, even the ones that Brad mentioned, uh, these are these things that you never see. I mean, it's one thing. Yeah. I mean, remember when 50 home runs was a big deal when we were kids, yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah. Well, we've seen that happen a few times now. Um, the reasons and whatever is another conversation, but I think brad to your point if major league baseball can figure out how to market things outside of their labor woes um this this is a kind of dream season and that should put fans in the seats and and um should get the juices going um what an exciting time and what are the best stretch runs i think and then we're not even talking about here's how bad major league baseball is the dodgers clench oh no wait no we did the math wrong no, they didn't. Okay, <laughs> now they won again. Okay, now they did. I mean, it's it's that. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's like they they can't get out of their own way. Before we go, how about Albert Pujols? He hit home run number six ninety seven last week in in Pittsburgh. Did you see that he let the fan <laughs> keep the ball when she can't went to return it?
2: Yeah, I thought that was amazing. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, what kind of guy does, I mean, it's just just goes to show you that he's like a guy who's, who's always made a ton of money and you, you appreciate that. It's not like he needs more money, but he's always been given back with his pools foundation and things like that. So it's a guy who's given back and he realizes the fans are why he is where he is and, and you know, with the, the money and the fame. And so he, he appreciates a little bit and that that's, it was really impressive. Yeah. It was
1: really cool.
3: Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Like I said, when. When Pujols, you know, hears that it's the one-year anniversary of the fan losing her father, this will mean more to you than it will to me. Um, just incredible amount of class and, uh, you know, more power to him. I mean, let's face it, everybody, I think everybody, even Cub fans want him to hit 700.
1: Yeah, I think that's um, it's, it's so cool. And, again, it's neat to uh, be here and get a chance to witness history the way that we are. Uh, wish him well and uh, congrats for that alrighty back to football after this quick timeout, keep it here
6: at Busey Bank we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams since 1868 we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you provides opportunities for growth and is much more than a job it's a career build relationships build community And build your career at B.C. Bank, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini.
1: This Game changer segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Tough news this week as Illini football coach Brett Bielema officially declared linebacker Ezekiel Holmes out for the season. He suffered that ugly leg injury on that freak play. A little friendly fire a teammate was making a tackle on that play surgery and rehab ahead and doctors say that he will be ready for 2023 we wish him well certainly uh, in his recovery Bielema hitting the recruiting trail hard on this bye week but stopped long enough to answer a few questions uh, let's listen in on a bit of that
7: uh, I came out of the Indiana game last week and I made a very specific point to our coaches and in particular uh, I just thought we were loose with the ball on the perimeter on the edges and and um you know, it's one thing to talk about ball security and coach it, but they got to hear you. They have to understand it. You can't just speak it, you know, and, and expect them to understand it. Right. Like, so we have to do a better job of that. That was a very emphatic point I made on Sunday. Um, if you watched the game last night, right. We got done and I got a chance uh, to sit down and watch uh, a couple of my former players and and you saw the Seahawks really, you know, turn the ball over inside the red area, which is the difference in the game. Right. So uh, I'm not Seahawks Denver, right. I'm still used to saying it the other way, uh, but um, th- those, those turnovers and where they took place. And, and after a big play, you know, like, um, those are huge momentum changes. And if our defense doesn't respond in a way, those could potentially be game changing moments. Right. But, um, I, have been very, very pleased with Barry. Uh, you guys have heard me say things. I went in and grabbed him again on Sunday before I left. I said, Hey, you are doing what you were brought here to do. You're building excitement. You're, you're putting players in a position. You're distributing the ball. Um, one of the things that I remembered him saying in our our process when I was beginning to talk to him about this opportunity was he had really learned a lot from year one to year two as a coordinator when he was at UTSA, just the potential landmines and things. And I I remember during the process I said, well, let's try to avoid those, right? Let's 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 just jump to year two results. But that's not it, it, as much as we want to say it, and we're going to try to do it. There's just some growing pains, you know. Pat Bryant, I promise you, Pat Bryant. As that ball's getting stripped, he's literally leeching to lock his arm like we teach him to do. he just got to do it a little bit quicker. Um, You know, uh, Chase let that ball get loose. Uh, He thought he hit the ground with his arm, but he didn't, right? That ball came out. Um, uh, Tommy, I know, wishes he could have that first one back again as well. So I think the dynamics that played out, uh, those things went and happened. Now we have to learn from them. We all have learned. We all touched the hot stove, right? We all ate pizza when it was too hot. Like, we learned these things you got to go through it, uh, uh, and eventually uh, they become your normal way of doing things you don't have that problem.
1: Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com, joins us now. Uh, Matt, overall, is Bielema happy with where this team is at this juncture in the season?
8: Uh, I wouldn't say he's unhappy. I wouldn't say he's happy. And, and the reason I say that is I think he, like a lot of other people, know that they probably should be uh, 3-0 and at this point and should be favored to go 4-0. and with this game against Chattanooga next week. Um, so the fact that they're not undefeated and the fact that they still did drop that game in Bloomington, I think still, still burns in him. Um, and I think it burns in a lot of these players, but what they didn't do was allow that game to be lost twice and, and rebounded in a re- really fantastic fashion against an FBS team that everybody, I think thought was going bowling here when we started the season. And I don't know if anybody thinks that of Virginia now, but, but Illinois now sits two and one and, 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 the road to bowl eligibility looks a lot better. We, you have national people now that putting Illinois in bowl projections um, nationally on a pretty regular basis, and that hasn't happened in quite a while. <laughs>
2: how how difficult, Matt? You, you, know, you look at this team, and they're defensively they're obviously really good. Um, they defensively they're really good. Um, a lot of people get upset about you know maybe the offense because although they're putting up great yardage numbers and they, they, they look like they're dominating these games. They're not throwing up huge point numbers in, in, in these games. And, and, and my, my kind of summation of that is this is Belam of football. This is the way he wants to play to get a lead and then milk the clock and run the, and win the game. His goal is to win the game. He's not looking for style points. Am I, am I crazy in thinking that or is that pretty much what's happening?
8: You're not crazy. I will point out to you, Brad, though that you know, however, I think they have eight turnovers already in three games, and they have four missed field goals, and those are those are drives that should have and could have ended in points. And uh, people need to understand there there are a lot uh, that Virginia game the margin could have been so much more. I don't know what the point of that would have been other than to make Illinois even look better to the casual fan and to the casual viewer. But, I mean, all Pat Bryan has to do is stick the ball, what, two or three more inches across the goal line, and that's six more points. Um, they're, they're leaving so many points on the table in weird fashion that I almost think, as we go along through this year, and I know people don't want to hear this, but turnovers are kind of random acts of, of whatever in a game, no matter what sport you're talking about. And I think that they'll even out. And I think that Illinois feel I know that Barry Lunny and Brett Bielema and specifically Tommy DeVito think they're moving the ball up and down the field against the three opponents that they played. And if they keep this up and just don't stub their toe with a turnover or, or a missed opportunity in the red zone, they're going to be just fine. And, and I think you could see those point totals keep going because, they haven't even shown, Brad, what what they're capable of in the pass game or in the run game 100% as they enter the meat of conference play here once October hits.
3: As long as they don't hit what I called Jason Garrett football that I had to watch for a decade of the Cowboys, which was moving up and down from the 20 to the other 20 and then mysteriously being unable to score at all. Um, so I, I'm hoping we, we we avoid that. Um Tell me now, uh, Coach was out flying across the country here. Um, what's he trying to do here at the end of this uh, or during this uh, opportunity to recruit during an open week?
8: Brett Bieleman knows well, he kind of handed it to us on 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 Monday. um I'm sorry Tuesday which was in his Zoom conference with us, which was the plane hit a little turbulence and Bart Miller apparently doesn't like that a whole lot. When I heard (laughs) that, I went, oh. And then he gave us the states that which he was going into. And I, I, guys, I thought Mike Farrell did a really, really good comprehensive piece of of what Brett Bielen, where Brett Bielen was going and what he's looking for. And what he's looking for is Juco offensive lineman again. And the reason being is that I think he thinks, you know, obviously he knows he's not going to get another year out of Alex Peltesky. Um, I don't know how you could petition for an eighth year of football. Um, <laughs> uh, and and I don't think he thinks he's going to get Julian Pearl at left tackle um, much more beyond this year, because I think there are NFL people that are already sniffing around him and think he could be a quality guy because there's just not that many quality athletic bodies like that that can play left tackle in the next level. Julian's one of them. Um, And then Isaiah Adams is somebody that I think could be a one and done as a Juco guy. And they think that he can be a guy that can play at the next level as soon as possible. So once again, Brett Bielema was losing three starters potentially in his mind on the offensive line. How do I go replace that? Well, I go to the same route that I got, went to go get Isaiah Adams and Zai Chrysler. And I contact some people that I know of in, you know, Kansas and Pennsylvania and, and, and out and out West. Um, that can help me rejuvenate this offensive line room very, very quickly in the JUCO world. And that's exactly what he's been doing, at least early on this week. And then I think later in the week, he's going to be starting to, you know, start to go into the schools and, and talk to people, even if he can't talk specifically to the kids in the 24 and the 25 classes. They are big about building the relationship early. And I, I know that uh, that's what a lot of the staff is doing. Um, Not just Brad Bielema, but I know that the head football coach at Illinois is going to do that later on this week.
1: They call him the sleuth, or if they don't, they should. Uh, Matt Stevens uh, kind of figuring out, uh, reading between the lines there from Bielema's (laughs) comments earlier this week. Uh, Matt, many thanks as always, and enjoy the weekend off. I'm guessing a little golf
8: in your future. I will be headed actually to my former summer grounds of Wisconsin to, uh, to hit some, hit some golf balls and, and hang out with some friends. But yeah, these uh, I want to thank the university of Illinois and Brett Bielema for allowing these two weekends off these 2 bye bi-weeks. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm really digging it in the middle of the middle of the schedule. I, yeah. I can tell you that. And while the weather's still
1: nice too. Absolutely. Yep. No <laughs> doubt. We appreciate it. Check out Matt's stuff on guys.com and many thanks to OSF healthcare sponsor, Of this segment, it's a busy weekend for Alani Volleyball. Coach Chris Thomas joins us next on the Sports Spectacular.
4: Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it, because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
3: This is Jeff Alexander, assistant basketball coach for the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Illini
1: Guys Sports Spectacular. Illini Volleyball ranked 25th in the nation and coming off a win Wednesday night at EIU. Now in Milwaukee for a pair of Saturday matches. Head coach Chris Thomas joining us now. Coach. Uh, welcome back to the Sports Spectacular. Hard to believe that the non-conference part of your schedule is, is already over. It feels like you guys just began.
9: I know. It goes by quick. You know, we don't get a, a huge run-up to our season. We start uh usually the second week of August. First second week of August, our our first preseason matches at the end of August, and then it's one one week after the other. Coach, you're a veteran. You've been
1: through this before, and, and you've you know sometimes had you know veteran teams, sometimes like now you've got uh, some newcomers or a little bit of inexperience there in your roster. What's been the, what's changed the most do you think uh, between um, uh, the start of the season and now?
9: Well, we're young right now and, and, and we're inexperienced, I should say. I, I, we have some returners that have been there for, you know, a few years, but uh, we, we have, uh, you know, different p- people fill different roles, different positions. Uh, we have uh, three new players going six rotations. We have a new opposite who never played the position before. Mm. Um, and so and we have a new libero who's who's you know played DS for us last year, but it's a whole new role. And so uh, that's been the challenge so far. I think individually they're they're very talented, but as always, you know every coach should probably going to tell you we're always talented. It's how do you put it together as a, as a team? And you know for as much as you practice, you still don't learn a ton about yourself until you end up out there on the competition floor. And so uh you know we've always been about learning and improving every single match, and we just try to point out what we need to improve on to be a better team at the end of the day or at the end of that day uh, and just kind of move on and, and keep getting better. And so we've been able to do that every single week and uh, very proud of that. You've you've been through this many times
1: before in terms of uh, having a different uh, makeup of a team, sometimes more veteran. You mentioned this year, a, a little younger. Um, are you satisfied with, with where the team is right now or had you hoped to be farther along or how do you gauge the, the progress of, of where you are at this point in the season?
9: Yeah, it's it's not always based just off results. It's right. uh you know, it's about some of the plays that you, you know, quote-unquote should be making and some of the plays that are maybe more on the spectacular side that uh you can kind of gauge on as well and um you know, it's kind of a general a little mix of a general feel and, and and you know what the statistics say and everything else and so uh, you know, I feel like when we're, when we're rolling and we're, we can score points as well as anyone. And, um, you know, we talk about our ability to do that. I think, you know, any sport is going to have some ebb and flow. And, and obviously we try to get a little more of the uh, flow side of it than the ebb side of it or whatever you want to end up saying that, but, uh, you want to end up being on obviously on the good side of that. And so, you know, I, I think right now we, we have players who are, again, still trying to figure out their roles and how to do it and, you know, what it looks like and what it should look like. And, And, uh, you know, sometimes that can be nerves. It can be, you know, what, you know, is your service game on? Is is it uh, something with passing? Is it something with your defense? And so, uh, you know, you got to just constantly just be in communication with them about, hey, that's a good effort. And, you know, you're, you're making improvements. And because sometimes those things are really hard to see, uh, uh, you know, from the naked eye, from the fans view. So it's, it's really just about getting, getting in detail with them and, and just telling them that they're doing a nice job, and if they're not, hey, this is what you know. This is the one big thing you need to work on this week to be successful for next week or next match. A Couple of uh,
1: big matches you mentioned this weekend. You get Illinois State ten o'clock in the morning Saturday, and then 19th ranked Marquette uh, on their uh, their home turf, if you will, at six o'clock later on. A couple of really good tests as you head into the Big Ten. It it seems like as an observer that you kind of fight through this again, a real challenging non conference. Uh, three ranked teams among those and then you catch your breath and look up and go oh my goodness now there's a, a bigger mountain you have, you've, you've got nine ranked teams on your Big Ten schedule Um, you certainly can't get caught looking ahead at any
9: point no no not at all and it, I think the biggest change that I made uh, when I came here is just the one game at a time mentality and you got to deal with what's in front of you and uh, you know, the next game we have against is against Illinois State. And we play Marquette, you know, later that evening. Obviously, we have to do prep from it on our end. But, um, you know, from the player's perspective, we just wanted to focus on the next matchups against Illinois State. And that's the one we got to worry about. Then we'll get on and move to the next. And then after that, it's Maryland and it's Northwestern. And then you keep going down the line. And so, you know, we never want to get too far ahead. You know, the conference isn't going to go easy on you, as you mentioned. I prefer a, a tougher non-conference just so we learn more about ourselves and uh, give us, ourselves an opportunity to to do really well in conference. I think the teams historically who have done that have done well in conference and and uh, held true for us as well. There have already been so many great matches uh, in volleyball. We just saw the five-set thriller the other night
1: between uh, Kentucky and Louisville. We just saw Stanford go into Nebraska and win, and the Huskers, their first loss of the season. Uh, four Big Ten teams among the top six in the country. Uh, As, as you know, all too well, you get through the big 10, you can, you're prepared for the NCAA when, when that time comes, Hey coach, uh, we know you've got a lot going on this weekend. Um, We will, we'll leave it right there, but we look forward to you coming back really soon and and talk to us as we get deeper into the season and,
9: and give us an update. Sounds good. Appreciate it. always appreciate being on whenever you'd like to have me. I'll be here.
1: We will have you on. We promise that Uh, opening uh, next weekend, Maryland coming into Huff Hall, Friday night, as coach mentioned, followed by Northwestern on Saturday. So make sure you get out there again, nine ranked teams on the Illini's Big Ten schedule. Uh, Not for the faint of heart. There's no question. Coach, we're excited for the season. Best of luck in Milwaukee. And we will talk with you soon. Chris Thomas of Illini Volleyball. A preview of the Big Ten weekend on the Gridiron is up next. You're tuned in to the Illini Guys Radio Network. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini guys Sports spectacular Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, another busy Saturday in the big 10. Michigan has a quarterback in Cade McNamara who guided them to their first college football playoff last season. And who may have a trip to the transfer portal in his future. Jim Harbaugh named star sophomore, JJ McCarthy as his starter after he was uh, just brilliant in the route of Hawaii last week, uh, tough, Break for uh, McNamara, but it's McCarthy under center as the fourth-ranked Wolverines host UConn at high noon Eastern time on ABC. Yeah, Michigan looks great with McCarthy uh, behind center. But uh,
2: another game, their arch rivals, the Ohio State Buckeyes, will take on the Toledo Rockets in another game. I I like the – you know, this is one of those things that the Buckeyes have to get themselves kind of – uh, clicking on, I think on the defensive side of the ball, they still can get better, and and their offense had although they have all these weapons, maybe hasn't been as good as I expected them to be this year. Um, I actually, you know, I think sometimes your expectations are so high that you, uh, you know, you set them set such a high bar they can't achieve it, and maybe they press too much. But Ohio State's going to be there at the end, and boy, that Ohio State Michigan game at the end of the year is looking like it could be a battle of eleven and 0. so that would be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, and looking at um, Michigan State against Washington, you know, you, you really look at this and both teams are now, they're going to be against their first P5 opponent. You, you like Michigan State uh, from a talent standpoint better than Washington, but when you go on the road and you got the time zone, you got the two-hour time difference, I think it's going to be a closer game than what people fo- expect, but I do think Michigan State, with the superior athletes on both sides of the ball, are going to win this one comfortably.
1: That's a good point. You're 11th in the nation, but you've only played in the MAC, and you've dominated two games. So, to your point, <clears throat> what do you what are you bringing to the table uh, in this game out, the, out, out west? And so, a good litmus test for them, no question. 7:30 Eastern Time starts, and that one is on uh, ABC. Earlier game on CBS, 3:30 Eastern Time. Uh, Nittany Lions at Penn State, ranked in the top 25 for the first time, coming in at 22 this week. Uh, they go to Auburn. It's a, a rematch of that game uh from last year when Penn State won at State College uh, 28-20. Uh, it's going to be an orange out. Everyone uh, more than 80,000 down, down there at Jordan here at Stadium uh, wearing orange. And so, uh, again, Penn State, a tough opening game. They get their win on the road against Purdue. Uh, the win last week at Ohio and now or against Ohio and now they go on the road down at Auburn. Should be a pretty good matchup.
2: Yeah, that's a marquee matchup. You know what used to be a marquee matchup? Nebraska and Oklahoma (laughs) used to be a marquee matchup. And you know what's crazy about this? I was looking this up. Nebraska actually, in the 90s, just dominated this matchup. They won, um, I think it was seven years in a row, they won the Nebraska-Oklahoma matchup every year in the 90s. Um, Of course, then eventually Nebraska heads to the um, Big Ten, and, you know, it's a different thing. But this – w- it used to be must-see television on a Saturday. Now you're just looking to see how many Oklahoma wins by, I think, in this game. So – and if somehow Nebraska pulls this upset, you would be – you got to be thinking, like, they're going si- to – Nebraska will sign their interim coach to a lifetime contract probably and, <laughs> and be stuck with him and, you know, so who knows.
3: Yeah, although I think it took – Barry Switzer retiring for Dr. Tom Osborne to start that streak because old Barry I'm not certain he was much of a coach but he was a good college coach (laughs) Um, now now next up we have Iowa and Nevada and Iowa's got a very interesting line this year they're one and one they're averaging a whopping seven points a game And they're um, giving up a whopping 6.5 a game. (laughs) I don't know that I've ever seen that type of averages. And, of course, there's a lot of videos out there. It's called baseball, Mike. It's called baseball. That's that's what I was thinking. And, of course, now Coach Stoops and and even uh, Fran have have really put out a little cameo video to support uh, Coach Farron's as an offensive coordinator so I'm thinking that that with all this um this going on I'm thinking that the the Hawkeyes are going to be fired up this week and uh, there's going to be a little bit of heck to pay for all these shenanigans of making fun of their OC and 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 getting a little bit angry about the Iowa, Iowa State game last week
1: yeah, tough times for Iowa right now Rutgers trying to go three and0 they'd hit on uh, temple uh, down in Philadelphia uh, Rutgers a, a program that you don't think a lot right now in terms of uh, uh, being a very strong football program, but Greg Schiano's slowly trying to build it back. This would be their back-to-back 3-0 and start so they can get the job done against the Owls.
2: Yeah, I like the job that Schiano's done with uh, Rutgers. I mean, I feel like they're pretty uh, uh, competitive. They're going to be competitive going forward. Now, another game, Indiana-Western Kentucky is an interesting game. These are battle of undefeateds um, here now. I, I'm not sure, um, you know, last year, it, Indiana actually beat Western Kentucky 33-31. to 31. So, it was, a, it was a barn burner came down to the wire. So, maybe it's going to be a little closer than people think. And, and the Hoosiers, I'll be honest with you, even though they did beat Illinois, they really kind of stole that one. So, um, this is probably going to be a tougher game than most people think. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a down-to-the-wire type game.
3: And looking at um, Minnesota – up against Colorado does anybody else here think that Minnesota is in a position where they could take a stranglehold on the west or at least really get out early and and make people come to them Colorado's weak they're you know the athletic director's in a bad position looks like they're going to need a new coach at the end of the year I think Minnesota gets off to an easy start here blows these guys out of the water and starts to look at the Big Ten and try to tell those teams in the West that it's that the title goes through us.
1: You know it's very possible. Uh, I think right now you have to think that the Big Ten West is pretty much wide open. Uh, when you consider that uh, you know Wisconsin uh, struggled last week and Iowa's offensive woes as well. Purdue at Syracuse. So the Orange trying to go to three and zero. By the way, no longer the Carrier Dome. Now the JMA. Dome. Just uh, by the way, Uh, Syracuse um, hasn't. You know, they they won their first four games back in twenty eighteen. Went on to go ten and three. Uh, They're two and zero, and and trying to go three and zero. Already beating Louisville and UConn, Uh, Purdue. The win last week over Indiana State. That close loss at home in the opener against Penn State. Trying to get this a win on the road against uh, uh, a power five team.
3: Northwestern against SIU, and as a former SIU grad, I'm going to have to give this one to Northwestern. I do think, uh, especially coming, I think that might have been a trap game for SIU to maybe have a good half had Northwestern not lost to Duke. But now that they've lost to Duke, they've got some focus. They've got a reason to be angry. I think they're going to take it out on the Salukis, and I don't see this one being close at all.
1: (laughs) Two other games uh, this weekend as well. Wisconsin at home against New Mexico State, 0-3. The Badgers trying to right the ship after they were surprised by Washington State last week, 17-14. Uh, and Maryland uh, got the win on the road last week at Charlotte. They are back home against SMU. Both teams 2-0 And that game at eight thirty. Make that a seven thirty Eastern time kickoff, and that is on uh, FS1. Uh, right there with that one so pregame and postgame notes by the way on bigsportsradio.com where the free weekly cash giveaways begin on tuesday be sure to check that out on bigsportsradio.com much more to come after this
2: have a business you'd like to promote right here to advertise on the sports spectacular reach out at info at and use the passion of the Illini Guys to reach your audience that's info at
1: Well, hold on while I smack myself in the hand with this ruler, guys. Shame on us. Shame on me that it took 56 episodes of the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular before we had Illini Basketball Sports Information Director Derek Burson on the show. Derek, please accept our apologies and welcome to the show.
10: No, I think that's a success that I dodged it until 50 stick. So I'm going the other way on this. I like to be the guy behind the scenes. I'm not, I'm not usually on, on uh, the air like this very often. That's why I always pass the ball to Kent whenever it's something like this, but no happy to do it.
1: Yeah. No, Kent. well, wait, we, we should, we should say Kent Brown said, actually, shh, I'm going to tell Derek I'm busy. He's got to do it. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, good to have you on. Uh, you know, I have to ask, uh, what, what's it been like to actually have a bit of a lull after uh, a nonstop couple of years with the pandemic and the transfer portal? And is this guy going to stay or go an NBA draft? And it's just been nonstop for you guys uh, the past really two, almost three years.
10: Yeah, it has. I mean, the you know, the pandemic, like for everyone, that was, uh, you know, I'd never heard of zoom until about April of 2020. And then that's all we did for a year. And then to be honest for men's basketball, that's all we did for two years because um, of the construction at oven coach Underwood and all of our players, we did every road zoom or zoom before a road game. We did by zoom because we couldn't have anybody in oven because of construction. So that became a normal way of life for everybody. And yeah, it's been busy. Um, I think about, you know, especially with the weird, the first COVID year made all the dates odd for when you could withdraw from the NBA draft. You know, that wasn't traditional. I, my, it was my daughter's birthday when, uh, I, that Friday night when IO texted coach Underwood, I'm coming back. So she had six friends over at our house for a party. And I'm like, I'm going upstairs. I'm shutting the door. I got three hours of work to do. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the next summer, it was I was actually in Destin on our, uh, our family vacation when I got the call from coach that Kofi's coming back. We got to get ready for that. So those were, you know, non-traditional times, but very happy to be busy when it's news like that. There's no doubt.
2: Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. You're living the life of the recruiting analyst when people commit at random hours and you just yeah. got to say, oh, it's time to stop and write a story now or make a phone call. So it's a, it's a lot of fun though. But uh, Derek, I, I got to ask, like you've been through, I mean, I, you've been through the, the you've run the gauntlet. You've been to the final yeah. four. You've been to a national championship game. You've had years when it wasn't quite as much fun with winning and losing. What, what's kind of, give me a summation of being the SID for a program as they've gone through, you know, the ups and downs of Illinois basketball.
10: Yeah. It's, it, it takes a toll because I, because you care, you know, if, if to do this job, you care, like, I mean, obviously no one puts in anything like what the players or the coaches do, but you care at that level. Cause you experience everything with them. And yeah, it's um, it's been, you know, I mean, I'm like everybody else, Illinois basketball's always been my, you know, my passion and my joy, Illinois sports and specifically Illinois basketball. Um, so, you know, to, to be there at everything is, you know, you kind of pinch yourself, but um, when I step back and think about it, but yeah, you know, uh, when I started the first five, six, I'd say actually the first seven years I was, did it, we were in the, Tournament every year, and we won four Big Ten championships and two tournaments, and you know, played on Monday night (laughs) for the whole thing. So that's all I knew in in terms of an employee. And then, um, you deal with some of the other side years where you're on the bubble, years where you're not, you know, all that's stressful. And, um, but what's what is neat about the whole thing is you remember you see when you're around the athletes, you see what they go through. And they, they always lift you up, you know, because you see their drive and their commitment and their resolve and you lose a tough road game and maybe you're, you know, upset or you're thinking about it and you see the energy they bring the next day in practice. And then that you're just right back at it. So um, every coach I've ever been around always talks about the process, you know, and staying in the moment. And, and it's true. That's, that's the key. To all this, the sports information specifically, it's an odd thing in that your, you know, your flow of you have all of this work to get ready for the game, and then you need the game to happen. So you go back to work and then you have all your post-game work and your 14 hours of research and game notes, and then you get to the afternoon of game day and after the shoot around, and it's like, well, and I need the game to be played. That's actually when it's the, the quietest, and probably for the media too, you know. The haze in the barn. At that point, now you got to have the game played, so you know what you're reacting to. So, it's um, it's it's been I I don't really realize it's been that many years until you get home from, you know, Minneapolis and lay down at two thirty, and your alarm goes off at six thirty a.m. I noticed that I don't bounce back quite like I did uh, in two thousand three from that, you know, and two thousand twenty two. It's a little rougher waking up.
3: So, so you've been there during a time of great change. Obviously we have NIL now, and I was looking at the change that the transfer portal has made for the coaches and players, but what has that meant to you in doing your job to try to keep up with everything going on in the transfer portal?
10: It's just like everybody else, you know, you just adjust with the times, you know, and, and um, it was not, Every once in a while, you'd have a transfer, you know, in or out. Um, you know, there's always been transfers of maybe guys didn't make it into their plane rotation and would transfer for that. But like a, a high marquee playing time in or out guy, that would be every once in a while. And then they always sat out. So you got to know them for a year, you know, uh, Marcus Arnold, Trent Meacham, you know, you can go think about the transfers we had in the 2000s. Jack Ingram, you know, you were around them for an entire year and got to know them and knew what they were about, you know? And um, so it was, it was, you know, it just wasn't as rapid fire as it is now, you know, all of a sudden, like I think about like Alfonso Plummer, you know, I hear his name and literally three days later he's committing and I'm Googling him and watching, you know, I, and I'm like basketball junkie, but I did not get to see Utah very much. So I'm watching clips of Alfonso Plummer, just like everybody else, you know, and I'm like, okay, we can, yeah, that's pretty good looking stroke, Well, that'll work, you know, but, and then, you know, think about it. I mean, that Kansas state game, what was that two weeks into our season? I mean, he put us on his, his back that night, you know, in, in Kansas city and threw them in and all of a sudden think about what kind of season he had for us, you know, I mean, it's critical. The portal. I mean, this is, it's, it's here to stay and it's a big, part of it. And, um, it's interesting though, how it's changed, but it's one of those things that, you know, it's here and you gotta, you gotta go with it and learn to ad- adapt and accept it. And I think our staff has done a really good job of that in basketball.
1: Something else that's changed as we talk with Derek Burson of the SID uh, office for Illinois basketball, um, is, is this program. And, and I'd love to get your perspective on this in terms of, um, uh, when Brad Underwood came in um, the, the attention and the, uh, the media attention and the, the requests that you get in terms of uh, the, the program status. This was a program that wasn't at rock bottom, but certainly had not uh, been at the level that Illinois fans and the media and the basketball world was used to Illinois being at. Um, talk about the, how things are now compared to how they were <laughs> maybe four or five years ago and just the attention um, as the Illini are once again one of the elite programs in the country.
10: Yeah. What's been interesting about being through this whole process with coach is he came in from day one and he had, uh, you know, a swagger. I don't know what the right word is. Bravado, swagger, confidence, you know, you can go on and on, but like what, what the right word is, but just this way he carried himself. It was like, he came in with, he remembered, you know, he was in Western Illinois when this was rocking and he came back and he's like, basically like act like it you know almost like a challenge like a jolt like you know we need to everything we need to do needs to be like where that level of program because that's where we're going you know and it was a a jolt that that um you know resonated and and they him and his staff and they did the work in the recruiting trail and it those we took our lumps early you know and it wasn't easy and you got to remember that on the, it was it's a process based thing and there's no fast forwards or shortcuts, but um, you know, they, in year three, I mean, we were one of the best teams in the country at the end of the year, you know, we didn't get to have a tournament, but um, that year. And then the next year four, we, you know, I guess we've got a one seed finished number two in the AP poll, you know, um, we we're one of the best teams in the country. And then at times this past year we played like one of the best teams in the country and won a Big Ten championship. And that's, you know, on our home court. Those are we got 18 of those, you know, um, in the history of the program. And and State Farm Center fans got to experience that last year. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah,
2: it
1: was uh,
10: cool. Really, really special and a great group. And you know, you think back to what I love about that team is those anchored by two guys or three guys, if you say, because Kofi, three years that went through it all, you know, and um, DeMonte and Trent went through, they saw the whole thing through and got to lead as champions. And that's, that's really special.
2: Derek, I, I feel like one thing I'll say, you know, we talked about the history and going through this, you and I, we've, we've done a lot of like we spent a lot of time together in various locales around the world. I mean, we've been to Maui and Vegas and give me that one, one memory you have where you've traveled somewhere where it was just kind of an amazing, uh, experience.
10: Here's like, you know, I'm a simple person. It's going to, did we win or not? You know, that's going to, uh, (laughs) that's going to be a driver on that, you know, to be honest, but no, um, ones that don't count are foreign tour trips. Those are always fun. Um, uh had a had a great time this last time in uh in Rome. It was when we were finishing we were in Rome and we had a day and uh Adam Fletcher, our strength coach, and I went on a field trip and we got on the subway system or train system, whatever it is there, and made our way to the training and see and had ourselves an afternoon there. But um that wasn't a game that counted. But man, I'm telling you any road win like this, even just this past year, Think of that Michigan state game and their insane comeback and that I'm forgetting that what's the guard's name. I'm forgetting his name. The point guard that, Oh, he went off every every single possession for them. And we came right back and threw it into Kofi bucket silenced the crowd bucket silenced the crowd, you know, Um, man, that was good in 05. Against michigan state again but you know you're you think of the environments right away they're so hard to win at we scored on 12 straight possessions in the second half that year at cole center we were down 10 in the second half or eight or 10 something like that and we had that you know ingram um hit some threes and then they got we used to run that play with james where he would slip screen fake yeah. the screen and slip i can't remember they called it orange or whatever they called it and Shut the whole place up. Man, that was fun. And those are hard places to win, you know. And think about Wisconsin. We went a long time, we didn't get a win. And then IO's Dagger there in 20. Oh, man, thinking about that. Anytime you went in Indiana, 2008 09 season, we won at Purdue in overtime. That was, I think we only had, I should have looked this up because that was when they were turning people over like crazy. We played an overtime game there and only had like six turnovers or something like that. And that's when I thought, man, this three guard thing with Dimitri and chester and trent this is this has got a chance to be something you know so that was pretty cool the early 2000s i didn't or like frank and lucas johnson and cory bradford those years i didn't travel all the time on the road so i'm thinking of some special games there but um i wasn't on the road for all the most san antonio in the 01 going to the sweet 16 with that team that was a lot of fun in the elite eight that kansas game frank oh man that second half that was yeah, we could do this for an hour, guys. I, I'm probably, I don't know if you want, want to hear that. I'm gonna. You don't want me going down memory lane this far, but that was, a, yeah, a lot. A lot of great moments.
3: So I'm going to ask you a tough question then. When you look at the Big Ten and all the opposing venues, mm-hmm. you've been to them all. You've watched games at all of them. Which one's the toughest place to play in your estimation?
10: Yeah. T- <laughs> okay. He- Again, I don't want to legislate every word, but this is how my brain works. They so, yeah, are toughest and like it's loudest, hardest to win, toughest to deal with because there's different kinds of tough like...
3: All, blend it all together.
10: Yeah, I think we would all agree that Mackey Arena is probably the loudest. Um, but man, when it's rolling at Indiana, that's hard. Uh, those Bo Ryan years of Wisconsin, really, really hard, but that's different. That's like, I was like, Wisconsin is like going to a hospital it's cold and it's you know sterile and you pass the ball for 30 seconds and get one shot and it's a miss and then they defensive rebound it and you know you don't see the ball again for three minutes you know (laughs) hard right hard to play there but it's not the and it's a good everybody's got a good crowd but it's it's I wouldn't call it the loudest um Michigan State gets loud um I'll tell you we I can probably think of uh, we've been in circus atmospheres in every place in the league. Um, And I remember one year Penn state, they were like, they thought if they got this win, they were going to get in the tournament and they let every student come in for free. We were there and Taylor battle made like a shot at the end. They stormed the floor. It was chaos. Um, When Michigan, you know, the students are right behind you. And at one point, I don't, I don't know if they still do. I swear at one point in time, they had a cowbell. And they would ding it all the time and do their go blue cheer, you know, as was literally two and a half inches behind my ear for two hours. Pretty rough. The rack gets loud. Um, the toughest man I, whew, that's hard. Ohio state. We had some insane atmospheres at Ohio State. Yeah, that I would say this. I think that's what makes the Big Ten special in basketball is every place you get. An insane home court. Oh, I hadn't even brought up Iowa. How loud does Iowa get? I mean, it's deafening. You know, Mackie. I know we've played at Mackey before, where we didn't hear a whistle and we kept playing. You know, like the players on the court kept moving because you couldn't even hear the referees on the court blow a whistle. That's pretty, pretty loud. And you know, you're asking me opponents, but obviously when when State Farm's full, I mean, it is up for grabs. You know, it's as good as any place. So the home courts in our league, top to bottom. I mean, of course, we've got great players and coaches, too, but the support and you see it every year in the attendance figures, you know, the Big Ten always leads and we always have 10 of the top 25 are in our league. It's everybody cares at a high level, which makes it fun.
1: It's, it's always so much fun and it's hard to believe that basketball, the preseason is, is less than a month away. I, I know you're very aware, probably counting down the days, unfortunately, yeah. because your life's about to change big time. Uh, Derek Burson, basketball sports information director, who also does a ton of work with football, we, we might add. Uh, we certainly appreciate all that you do for all of the media covering Illinois sports and have done that for so long. And we'll look for you back in the press box uh, next Thursday. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Yeah, I look
10: forward to that first ever Thursday night game. We've had a Thursday, but it'll be our first ever Thursday night. So I bet you're going to see a big time student crowd there. And we got who wouldn't want to come out on this defense and Chase Brown. Oh, my gosh. They, how much funner is this team to watch? So it's, it's so pretty fun. exciting
1: and great to have the excitement back in Memorial Stadium. It's it's been a while since mm-hmm. we've, we've had that and the buzz around. It's just it's it's, it's exciting. Hey, Derek, yeah, thanks so much
10: going. We'll yep, talk. thanks, guys. Really appreciate
1: it. Thank you, sir. Person, SID with Illinois basketball. Uh, The games we are watching on the college and pro gridiron this weekend. That's next. All along the Illini guys radio
0: network. You're listening to the sports spectacular powered by Illini on the Illini guys radio network. Now let's get back to the studio.
1: Larry, Mike, and Brad here. Lots of football out there this week. Let's chat about the ones that we're watching. Uh, Guys, I'll just start at the top. Number one, Georgia entering SEC play at South Carolina. You know, the Bulldogs have a tough schedule ahead. Florida, Tennessee, uh, they've got to go to Kentucky, and the Wildcats are filling their oats after uh, winning down at Florida last week. Um, It's not going to be an easy stretch. I don't think the Gamecocks can stop Georgia, but I think UGA definitely is the team to watch every week as the defending champ, and clearly – um, at this point, um, a contender to get back to the title game as well. When you're
2: at the top, you always get the other team's best effort, yeah. and it, it, there's a reason teams don't go undefeated in college football, even if they're the best team. Very, you know, very often. So, Georgia has a situation where they got to bring it every the next four weeks. They got to bring it, you know, and basically every every week, you know, as they go through their schedule in the SEC. If you don't, you're going to be in a dogfight, and you, you may find a way to lose. I mean. You know, you may make a bonehead decision and try and kick a 64-yard field goal or something. You just never know what can happen uh, um, at the end of a game. So, um, we've seen uh, strange things happen. So, Georgia has to bring it if they want to repeat as national champions.
3: Yeah, and I think Arkansas is going to play with nothing to lose. I think they're going to take a little page off of their coach with that type of mentality. Nothing much seems to bother Coach Pittman. They'll play well.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, some other matchups as well. Uh, Mike, you were noticing a couple of uh, top twenty-five matchups that had your eye.
3: Yeah, the the BYU going to visit Oregon to me is an interesting one. Uh, I've got a couple good friends who are BYU grads, and they were ecstatic over their overtime victory at Baylor last week. Um, and they were they came into work, you know, their their feet didn't touch the ground. Now they now they have to go and visit the Ducks, who have uh, been dismantled, taken apart and left for dead by the Bulldogs of Georgia, and and then took on Eastern Washington and obviously took them apart. So we're going to get an idea of what the the Oregon Ducks really are this week. It should be a really good game, and that's on Fox at 2.30.
2: Another Top 25 game that was like a really, really marquee game a couple of weeks ago when you look forward to the schedule. You've got Miami and Texas A&M. And then Texas A&M brought out their Iowa offense and, <laughs> and didn't score any points. And the next thing, you know, they were, you know, it was, uh, they, they got a loss now. And, um, now they're, now they've got Miami and Miami's ranked 13th and what they thought was going to be, a, you know, maybe a chance to pull an upset. Now they're the favorite. Um, so this is a little different animal. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, you know, talking, he's talked a lot of smack over the last couple of years, whether it be in recruiting and, He's wanted to take on the big dog and Nick Saban. And man, you you got to be able to handle your business before you come at the come at the king.
1: Yeah, you're right. Hey, one other the game two that that I think bears mentioning the 1030 game on Fox, first off, I mean a little late night on one of the big networks. Number seven USC, they're at home against Fresno State. So it's this one that I mean, you know, USC, they're almost a two touchdown favor. They should win this game. But I think the Trojans I'm almost positive about this. I didn't get a chance to look at it, look it up before we went on air. I don't think USC has ever played in a college football playoff. Their, their, their dynasty ended long before this. Um, this is a team that I think that with Lincoln Riley in his first season, um, the schedule sets up for them that they could actually make the final four for the first time.
2: That's it's, it's crazy to think they haven't because they, when it was the BCS, they were such a, a you know, a, I guess a staple, yeah. you know, they were always in the hunt there in the BCS. Um, but now that, you know, it's been a different animal for the last, you know, you know, f- since the playoff started. So yeah, I, I do think this team has a chance. I'm not sure that USC is as good as the Alabama's, the um, Georgia's, the teams like that, but the way their schedule sets up, if they run the table, they're going to be there and they're going to be one of those final
3: four. And and getting that, it, I'll be honest with you, getting that experience with we know how Lincoln Riley recruits, getting experience in year one will pay them massive, massive dividends in the next three years because we know pretty quickly if they want to go and get a high BCS or a high CFP ranking, they're going to have to go through Ohio State. And what better way to prepare for that than to take a young team to get shredded by, you know, Alabama or Georgia this year.
2: Or maybe, or maybe we get the Oklahoma USC matchup in the college football. that oh, Wouldn't
3: that would. That would Wouldn't everybody love yeah. that? That would be awesome.
1: That would be fantastic. Yeah. I would, I would love that. But no, I, I agree with you that I think USC, the schedule does set up. They won't be, I don't think they're as good as an Alabama or a Georgia or Ohio no. state or Michigan, or Michigan. Yeah. Right. But your point is the schedule. Yeah. You, you, they could be 12 and 0 and right there in the mix where now you've got to take that team because they're 12 and Oh, 13 and 0, um going into the, the playoffs. So some great college games week two in the NFL. Uh, what's a game you guys like.
3: For, for me, it would be um, just taking a look at it. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to intentionally ignore the Cincinnati and Dallas game because I think that's going to be bad for the Cowboy fans like myself. But um, (laughs) I I am really looking forward to seeing this Miami team that's supposed to be good going up against a Baltimore team that is playing very well. I think this could be a a, a very exciting game uh, come Sunday afternoon.
2: Yeah, I kind of want to see, you know, any time that you get a Bears-Packers game, that's fun right and and with you know the bears actually you know of course they played in a monsoon so maybe that was part of it but they they looked competitive and they had fun and and they got a dub against uh, one of the nfc favorites well now they get their chance at aaron rodgers and and he wasn't you know they didn't have a very good game but i'm excited to see a bears packers game
1: always good Yeah, that's a good one right there and the bears uh, boy to go to win and go 2 and 0 and have the packers go 0 and 2 at the same time um boy what a start would be for uh, the new head coach uh, in chicago one game i'm watching the defending champion rams uh, really laid an egg last week uh, for everyone to see um in their brand new stadium and now they've got a falcons team that i don't think is very good either um the two and a half point favorites right now going in um but boy what a must win game for uh for la because you don't want to come back and start zero and two um and you know boy what a fall from grace that would be for for this team and Uh, for their coach and Matt Stafford and everybody just would be ugly with a capital U. So, but lots of games are going on in this football season and always fun to sit back and watch. Well, a quick
0: timeout to pay some bills, Larry, Mike, and Brad will continue the conversation coming up next. You're tuned in to the sports spectacular on the Illini guys radio network.
4: Slow down. They say you're getting older, relax. Seriously. You're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org. Slash your way.
9: Darren Bailey isn't popular with the political establishment of either party because he's from the real world.
8: I'm proud to be a family farmer. We fix things that are broken, we solve problems, and we grow things.
9: Like you, Bailey knows what hasn't worked.
8: Decade after decade of mismanagement in Springfield, back to back billionaire governors, and where has that
9: gotten us? High taxes, high unemployment, and high crime rates. How much worse does it have to get before we give a practical problem solver a try? Paid for by people who play by the rules back.
1: Kendrick Prince uh, got held up in traffic. You know, horses don't get the whole green arrow to turn left thing. It's just it's just, it's too new for them. You got to spell it out for them. <laughs> just kidding. Kendrick Prince, director of recruiting for a lot of with the recruiting roundup, uh, Ken, you've been busy, man. How about a special teams player? Was was on campus Saturday, and then he commits uh, on Wednesday. That's right,
11: uh, Declan Dooley, a 200 uh, hundred pound kicker from El Paso, Illinois. Almost said Texas. You know what? We know what that hat thing <laughs> going. But hey, okay, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't butcher that. That's a it's a nice pickup, um, and uh, he is considered on the twelfth on the top. 12th best punter in the country. And what's really unique about this, and some Illinois fans like it, some don't, some college fans like it, some don't, but he was offered a scholarship. And usually special team players, especially punters and kickers, don't get scholarships, but that tells you where Brett Bielema is and what his thought process is with special teams. You know, they have another kid uh, that committed uh, about three months ago. His name is David Olano. He's a kicker from Naperville North who is considered the 10th best kicker in the country and he's also on scholarship. So um, I had a chance to talk to Declan and he is just thrilled and his comments about, you know, representing his home state university and, you know, and the way he went about his commitment was just first class. The kid goes and gets to Intercom in school and, you know, he you know makes an announcement in front of the whole school and you can see the people in the office how excited they were. So. It's a nice gift for Coach Bielema, and, you know, he's keeping the best players in, in home and state like he said he was going to.
3: Yeah, and, and it's nice to see the HOIC conference um, represented. Uh, we've already got a couple players from Gibson City uh, there, so um, it's, it's, it's something to see small-town, uh, you know, Illinois contributing to the success of the football team. Now I know they were also interested in a junior uh, JUCO defensive lineman. Can you tell us a little bit about that, kid?
11: You know, when you look at this kid, he's a JUCO kid, um, and I think he he'll have three years left of college. He's six foot two, two hundred ninety pounds. His name is Tyler Gross, S.E. He's originally from Mansfield, Ohio, and I had a good talk with him um, recently and. You know, he's got some really good scholarship offers, but, you know, it's just a unique hearing kids talk about wanting to be at Illinois. And here's a quote that I really liked about him. And this kid has, you know, when you look at his body, like I said, he looks like an NFL prospect already. But this kid finally out told me, if Illinois offers him a scholarship, he's coming home to Illinois. And this kid doesn't live in the state. And it's just nice hearing that. Uh, I don't think people really realize the impact that Brett Bielema, has on some of these recruits. He kind of slipped up in his press conference, you know, um, earlier um, in the week about how he, he knows that kids like him, uh, especially linemen, and he knows that's where his bread and butter is. And I, I liked hearing that. I think that's good. And I think the recruits can buy into that. And you, you look at the offensive defense at of Illinois right now, the linemen, they're doing pretty well.
1: Yeah, they are. Another uh, young man that um, I know Illinois by, I know because I'm reading what you, Kendrick Prince, put on a lot of guys.com, uh, that they're kind of battling with Duke. It seems like it's kind of a two horse race right now. Uh, Sabor Kareem, tell us about uh, about him.
11: Yeah, he's another New Jersey kid. I mean, Illinois seems to be making a living out there, out east. Uh, really good kid, very, very intelligent kid. Um, I don't know what his GPA is, but he's extremely intelligent from what I understand because. This, this battle right now is, like you said, Larry, between Illinois and Duke. Mom is pushing Duke because of academics, and Sabora is pushing Illinois because of academics and football. I had a chance to talk to his coach, and he just used the term to me, and for those who really follow football, use the word dog. You know, He told me off air, this kid's a five-star prospect. They list him as a three-star kid, but this kid has talent, and I think he's kind of pushing Illinois because he sees the football part of it Uh, He can see kids, other kids from out east that are starting to commit to the University of Illinois, and he sees them building. So it's a nice situation for them, and, I mean, hopefully he'll make this commitment sometime soon, but that's the word.
1: Good stuff uh, there. Mr. Prince, hey, as always, many thanks, and um, we'll talk with you next week. Thank you. All right. Kendrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. You know, Ked keeps us up to date with all that latest recruiting news and uh, by the way, be sure to keep up with IlliniGuys.com and find out if Mr. Kareem or Mr. Gross uh, soon become uh, an Illini. Of course, he's already got his uh, notes up there with uh, Mr. Dooley from El Paso, Illinois, making his commitment earlier this week. Uh, hey, guess who's back? The Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie. Hey. what's What's going on? Okay, we missed you last week. So we've got two weeks to get caught up on What's new in the world of the Illini gal?
12: I'll say what's new is, like, I had my first in-person exam for stats. For
1: stats? Oh, I hated stats. Which is I weird. know. I like stats like, you know, sports stats, but the class uh-huh. just, uh, yeah,
12: <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm not a huge fan of math. Like, I just try to stay away from it. But I think I do well. I study, like, a lot like i've never studied that much ever because i would i do want to get an a in the class
9: yeah
12: but yeah that's new because i had so much like anxiety going into going into like the exam because so many people in there it was on paper i haven't took an on-paper test in like forever
1: oh wow yeah what is that like i mean you know back in the day that's all we actually we had Back in my day, and Mike's day, and Brad's day, we we had stone tablets. We had like chisel it out the answer. It just <laughs> so, um, what? Oh, right. Yeah, when we said we had tablets, it's we mean something kind of different. Um, well, you know, we were talking a, a moment ago, right before uh, you know, Ken came on about uh, practice. You guys are are starting pretty quickly. When is it? When does practice get underway for you guys?
12: Um, yeah, I know. Like our official practice starts at the end of this month. And that's where, we, where we're really going to ramp it up. But right now we're doing like workouts and practices. Like we'll do like some shooting and layups, but majority of it is like putting in plays and working on defense and working on offense, playing against the practice guys.
1: You know, we had coach green on last hour on the show and um, <clears throat> we're big fans. I'm usually not a, a fan of, of, of people or that kind of thing, but you know, we explained to her that having you on the show each week has been kind of a window into what she's doing. Um, And we kind of get the idea, we can see where um, she's, um, has you enthused. Uh, Just her energy and positivity is really, uh, it can easily rub off on you.
12: Yeah, it really does rub off easily. And it's just her like goals and what she wants and like how I say this, like, what she stands by, it's easy to buy into because of how she portrays it and also how she just, oh, she's just so motivating.
1: Yeah, I, but I, I'm anxious to see uh, see you guys out on the court and to see what happens when you guys don't do what she wants because she's, <laughs>
0: she
1: sounds very determined and she's why well, step out on the court, I expect to win. And I want everyone else to think the same way.
12: Yeah, yeah, yeah coach green she can get a little you know crazy
1: <laughs> Fe- feisty
12: <laughs> but it's yeah feisty it's a little feisty <laughs> but it get good results because after we hear her we start doing good
1: <laughs> sure yeah. sure i can see that way well, hey, listen get uh go get those grades and we'll talk with you next week
12: all right thank you
1: All right, Diane McKenzie, she's the Aladdi
6: Gal right here on the Aladdi Guys Sports Spectacular. More to come after this. At Bucy Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Bucy Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868 proud to be the official bank of the fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
1: Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out.
0: IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com, on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio.
1: Rapid fire time, a few topics that we uh, kind of caught our eye this week. In the NBA, uh, the league fining uh, Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, for $10 million and suspension for one year. And guys, LeBron James says it wasn't enough.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a little bit like the Robert's Robert Sterling stuff, you know, from the Clippers, and and I just I just don't understand what is the deal with these people. Like, what's wrong with them? I mean, uh, to act this way, talking about your genitalia, using uh, racially charged language. I I don't understand why you do that um, anywhere, much less in the workplace. It's just it's just crazy, and I think it's just these guys are. So wealthy, they get away with whatever they want. So it doesn't. There's never any repercussions for them.
3: And I know a lot of people get tired of LeBron opining on just about everything. But I really not going to argue with LeBron on this one. I actually agree with him that there's just some things that can't be accepted. And treating people of any color, I don't care. But uh, and treating women poorly in the workplace. I'm not going to defend it,
1: but you know, the, I guess the owner said, no, Donald Sterling, I could do that this time, but remember how long it took and how many reports and instances and things that he did for him to finally be out. So I don't think that we haven't heard the final word on that in terms of Robert Sarver and his future with the Suns. We shall see. I hope
3: you're, I hope you're right on that, Larry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, There's a lot of money out there. And if the Suns begin to cost the league money, then that's a different story. Uh, Boxing. uh, You guys are big fans, big, big uh, match coming up Saturday night.
2: This is Mike's baby. Go tell us about it, Mike. I got All it, right, man. All
3: right, man. I love I love Triple G. He got robbed by the judges the first time against Canelo. The second bout I thought was a draw, and now the third bout Canelo's is is going up against a 40 year old Triple G. And while I'm a huge Triple G fan, I'm gonna predict right here that he's gonna get KO'd. I really want Triple G to win, but I just think he's too old against a young, very good fighter to pull this off.
2: Wasn't Triple G in the movie- in forty 40's young, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that, Larry? What? Triple G is what?
1: Wasn't Triple G in the movie hoodwinked?
3: I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fans out there? I was thinking... The, the, the grandma? I was thinking of Triple
2: X, Xander Cage. That's what yeah, I was exactly, thinking of. Exactly,
3: exactly. With old, with old, uh, uh, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, Vin Diesel, <laughs> Vin
2: Diesel. <laughs> oh,
1: all right. Mike got his boxing fix. We're done. We're done for September. We got that in for Mike. Um, Hey, little football news, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. How about Sean Payton? Now a couple of EIU guys, you could be fair and you could say that, but Sean Payton, the former Saints coach saying this week that he predicts Jimmy Garoppolo will replace Trey Lance as the Niners' starting quarterback.
2: You you have to wonder why it didn't happen last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, Trey Lance was I don't know, and maybe we don't maybe there maybe he has a like a disability we don't know about, like he's colorblind, and so he throws it to the wrong jersey. I mean, we don't know. There's a lot of things we'll have to figure out as we go forward with Trey Lance. But no, uh, I, I he's he wasn't very good. And and Jimmy Garoppolo, the the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo, he just keeps winning games, and so he, he kept his job for so long, but it was never good enough. You know, so evidently winning isn't, isn't the goal. You got to look pretty doing it.
3: So you fans of our show here have just heard breaking news as Brad has just intimated that Trey Lance is a modern day Vinny Testaverdi. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. So woo! there's a little news here, but I got to be honest with you. I am going to go on the record as saying, I think Brad Sturdy would have been a more effective quarterback for the 49ers last week, Trey Lance, I'm, I'm sorry. But I've I seen you, Brad. A,
2: you can throw better. I have a torn that. labrum. I have a torn labrum, <laughs> and I may have been a better quarterback.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, my, that's not so, good. Yeah, Niners, we will see 0 and one and trying to, you know, but we saw this coming when Garoppolo reworked his deal down to $6 million a year that, you know, if they go off to a bad start, Dell's going to be the questions, and it just only took one week until already there's some questions about who should be under center uh, for San Francisco. And, and finally, uh, back to hoops, back to Big Ten, Illinois basketball selling out in 36 minutes. Brad, you were telling us that in the break. Is is that was that right? 36 minutes.
2: 36 minutes, 3,000 student session tickets were gone. Season tickets were gone. So um, there's obviously a lot of excitement on campus about Illinois basketball. Uh, they have, uh, you know, Brad Underwood's brought that program back to respectability. And not, now they're like even a, uh, they're, they're inching closer to that elite level. So uh, they ranked in the preseason again, and that's what Illinois basketball should be. And that's where he's uh, got them headed.
3: And to give you some perspective, 36 minutes is how long it took six armored guards to unload a Brinks truck of cash to Brad Sturdy to be a part of this show. That is that is a lot of that is amazing that Similar. you could sell out 3000 tickets that fast. I, That's I it's it's only impossible. because
2: you refused you refused to fire me and give me my buyout like Scott Frost. Yeah, exactly. I, I wanted my $15 million buyout and I couldn't get it. So um,
3: here I am.
1: It all comes back together. <laughs>
3: yeah, it always does.
1: Here you go. You guys are learning the art of the of the of the producing a show. You take the beginning and you tie it up very neatly at the end. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> We've had fun. Hope you guys have as well these past couple of, of hours. And thanks again to all of our guests who came out. We'll try to do better again next week. We'll see you then. Enjoy the games. We'll see you right back here. Same time next week. ILL. I.
0: This I-N-I. has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.